The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point Podcast studio, so come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching, Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, Emily Roger. Let's join the conversation with Dave and Emily. Hi, Dave. How you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. You're dressed for spring today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I asked if it was appropriate because uh, um, it's not spring when I look out the window here. Um, but uh, this was a Christmas present. And Marilyn's, my wife's been laughing about, I just, I see, it's this Lululemon orange shirt that I just love wearing. So I did ask, I said, is it, is it appropriate? And you said, yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. Okay. I love it. Do you know what it reminds me of is uh Bruce McLeod's pile on shirt. Did you ever see that? No. His bright orange shirt. And he called it his pile on shirt. <laughs> oh, was it, it was a golf shirt probably. Right. Was it? Yeah. Yes. You know what? Now that you say it, that's so funny, you know, and and in, in the person we're going to talk to here, our guest, um, uh, she's on here in a big, a large part because of Bruce McLeod. So, and Bruce, for for listeners that aren't aware, who um, he was a colleague that we unfortunately lost, and but he's still present with us um, in many conversations. He certainly is, and and in attire, <laughs> clothing and attire. attire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and with that, I say let's just directly uh, bring in our guest today, Dr. Nicole Boutlier. Welcome, Nicole, to the Boiling Point Podcast. Thanks for having me, Emily and Dave. Great to be here. Yeah, and thank you so much for uh taking the time out of a very full schedule that you have. And I know that you are also not feeling 100% and dealing with a lot of the same symptoms that so many of us are dealing with right now. That's true. It was almost three years. We almost got to three years without it, but without having COVID. Yeah, that was yeah. And I am just coming back from recovering from it as well. And it's actually kind of surprised me as to how many people when I say when I had to cancel work or not be anywhere for almost the last two weeks. And they're like, well, how many times have you had it? Yeah. Question that people ask, like, (laughs) it's my first time. I mean, I had the same question. I had the same experience. People assume it was your second or third time by now. (laughs) Yeah. So Nicole, for our listeners, I mean, I know who you are because you are also on the roster of vision coaching and and Dave knows you very well. But for our listeners, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, whatever it is that you want to share. Sure. Well, I am... uh living in Nova Scotia. I live in rural Nova Scotia, so I'm kind of didn't grow up in the country, but certainly live here now. Um, With Fiona, we lost our power for two weeks, so that's a good sign of how rural I live. Um, But I'm a mother of three. I'm a physician. I spent a lot of my career in the emergency room, um, but did family practice, full full stop family practice for the initial years of my career and then emerged. Still work with youth health centers, but have transitioned over the years and 
when I look back, I'm getting close to 18 years actually in lead different leadership roles. Um, you know, starting at my local hospital and then going to the zone and now work provincially as the VP medicine for Nova Scotia Health. And along the way, I became a coach and uh, a lot of my leadership position was what led me there. Amazing. Yeah. And how did you get, um, you know, it's interesting of like, what was that moment 18 years ago that would have brought you more into a leadership role? What would have shifted for you then? Um, I think I was always kind of on a leadership, but I look back, back, like when I go back to um, like, even like, even probably high school, my, my mother would probably say when I was a toddler, but anyways, you know, just always had that inclination to kind of organize and things like that. And then, um, you know, did some things when I was a resident and a student, but then had kind of gotten away with it from it with clinical practice. But when I started having kids and, you know, um, having different kind of schedule and wanting a different schedule. I, I looked like leadership became more and more appealing, like, you know, having that um, ability to uh, kind of look at things, not just for patient to patient, but for the whole system. And those, you know, instead of being an agitator from inside, trying to come out and, you know, actually embody like sort of a leadership role so that I can make an actual changes. And, you know, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Um, you know, a lot of people would have called me a disruptor before I became officially a leader. Um, but I, you know, especially in the physician world, we often start out like that because you just don't know. You haven't had the training. You haven't had the thoughts about it. You, you know, see a problem. You're trying to fix it. You probably don't go about it the best way. And, you know, you learn lots of things along the way. So that was me, you know, and it's hard to believe that long ago. But yes. <laughs> uh, so. I, you know, for folks that aren't familiar with healthcare, like what, 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 what does leadership look like within healthcare? Because um, you know, there's, there's so much written about healthcare that you guys are dealing with so much, especially over the last like three years or almost three years in particular. Um, but how does that show up? Like what, what, like, and how may may it differ from maybe other sectors? Well, I think the things that make a good leader in any sector makes a good leader in healthcare. Um, you know, people who are authentic come to the table open, wanting to listen, wanting to hear what people have to say, um, you know, willing to act, you know, take accountability, do hard things. Um, you know, it, I, I, I haven't worked in many other sectors, but I, I, I do think that's like the characteristics that a lot of sectors have to bring in. Um, the thing about healthcare is, is it's not easy. Leadership in healthcare is very um, difficult and people, you know, like I said, physicians don't necessarily get the skill training along the way um, before they're plunked into leadership roles, either by default or by they decide to change. And this is changing, like the culture in Canada around physician leadership is changing. Um, yeah. But certainly it's most people end up there by accident rather than by design. And it's, um, there's lots of challenging challenges. You have to be ready to solve problems. You have to be ready to, um, you know, innovate. You have to be ready to um, bring big groups of people together and engage them. And you have to be willing to, you know, kind of take risks at times. And I mean, by risk taking, I mean, being ready to go and try new things and um, being open to, you know, new ideas and, not uh, we need lots of new ideas in healthcare, and that's everybody's biggest challenge right now is really to we've you know we've been going along in a certain way 
for a very long time and we need to change how we do things like the the population has changed the way healthcare is delivered has changed technology and uh, healthcare and the leaders have to move along with it yeah i had a conversation um with a client the other day who works in healthcare and uh is in a leadership position now and she was speaking about how you know, when she went to school, she was trained in a, a certain area and that, you know, she then kind of got into a management position and director position. And she's like, I didn't learn how to be a leader in that. She was like, I am really good at the clinical side of what it is that I do. And, you know, I see that a lot with coaching people in different sectors of they had this level of expertise and now they're put into this position. And it's like, how? Like just how? Yeah. I think that I think you're right. That's a very common situation, um, both for like nursing and other healthcare professionals and physicians, that they d- demonstrate, you know, some clinical expertise or some clinical leadership, like you know, where those sort of unofficial champions, those leaders on the floor that you know people get that will follow, and that's like often brings them to the forefront. Then they get stuck in a management position, and it feels you know, it feels very different from your clinical role. And I think the biggest thing for healthcare workers as they transition to that is like the purpose, like why are you doing it? Mm. And the the why gets you through it. Because really, like when you boil down to it, what you're trying to do, and I I, I mean, I'm not going to speak for every healthcare worker or leader, but what you're trying to do is make the experience better for the people that are working in the system and the people that are accessing your services. And there's always lots of work to do from that. And when you get away from your purpose, your job gets harder. But if you keep your purpose center, um, I think most people do find their way. They learn those skills. The rest of those skills can be learned. But your desire to, you know, really, um, you know, help people and on a larger scale in that, um, you really have to to feel that that that's, you know, for for the most, the people that feel most comfortable being leaders for the long term, I think, get that uh, before before you got on Nicole we were talking about um, you know using good sound sound bites and stuff you know like fr- from the interviews to 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 actually reach larger audiences I think you there's a beautiful sound bite right there um, just in your description of leadership and uh, Jean Vieux shaking her head because she probably wrote down the time of the uh, on the interview uh, well so perfect like yeah like when we get away from purpose Everything gets really, in my experience, things get really heavy. It gets hard to work through things because it's, I find things frustrating, like in, in the entrepreneurial world, like dealing with CRA or whatever that thing might be. And then I have to go, oh, yeah, this is this is why I'm doing this. This is what it's all about. What, so where did that, you know, you became a physician, you know, and then moved into healthcare. Um, you know, you're a practitioner and then moved into leadership. Um, how did you, like... Like, how did that why come for you? Like, how did that, where, where did that, where was that purpose? Was there a certain point in time or how did you develop that? Or was that something that was a part of your training? You know, like, how did that, how did that evolve? I wouldn't say it was an overly big part of my training. I think what was, you know, when you are a physician, you're really dealing with someone right in front of you. You know, you're trying to make a difference. You're trying to do the right thing by the patient. You're trying and, you know, there's system issues, there's, you know, resource issues, there's all those things that are coming up around you. And uh, like, I, I think what 
my main why was, you know, I'm, I am seeing people okay, you know, I'm, I'm making a bit of an impact, that type of thing. But, you know, to really change the way that, you know, service is delivered, you have to get a little bit more into it. You really have to be devoted to it. I mean, like we've gone through a lot of years of, you know, um, not a lot of investment in healthcare, not a lot of um, change, like really stagnant, you know, like, you know, technical, technology is way behind other industries, that type of thing. And so it's, I think it was like somebody, um, it might've been uh, Carol Ann actually <laughs> during coach training that said, my, that was persistent. And that's the kind of thing, like, I think that you really need to have in your back, back of your head that you're just going to persist and there's not not every change that you want to see is not going to happen but um you know you have you know when you have there's always lots of things that you can take whether it's a mini project like right in your own little area or larger scale projects and i think i just got progressively i've just been more and more attracted to like the big system issues like trying to move the big blocks which would require a lot of persistence. Yes. <laughs> I can I can only imagine. Yes, uh, exactly. And, and you're speaking to Carolyn from Will Rhodes Executive Coaching. Yes. Yeah. So you all would have experienced me, me in 2004, um, but still have great memories of her. She's, she's fabulous. Absolutely, yeah. And so, Nicole, are you a primarily coaching right now or how do you like how how do you balance everything that you are doing well i think that um with coaching i got to have very good support from my my ceos and uh you know that's actually supported me to go and get this training and part of the um piece of that was is you know what i what i like to do with my team is build capacity and i think that becoming a coach got really got me out of the telling business in terms yeah. of, you know, giving solutions and, and, uh, you know, problem solving for everybody and, and that, and really trying to, you know, grow new ideas and grow, grow new leaders and, and that type of thing. So that was a bit of the impetus behind it. So I, I do do try to do incorporate a lot in my own day to day. My department actually has a coach on staff as well for physician leaders and we're actually expanding and hiring a second one because we we do have a lot of we feel like there's a lot of value um, or we get lots of good comments and that. So what when I looked beyond like my day to day, um, you know, I find coaching very rewarding and that it's it's actually the opposite of what I just said, because you're going like I went from talking about how system and moving big blocks, but mm -hmm. to actually being in front of someone and like going through like transformation for me, I get transformation out of it. They get transformation out of it. Somebody in their world gets transformation out of it. And that's just a good thing to be a part of. And it gives you lots of energy and it gives you the, you know, new ideas and kind of that bit of passion to go back to your own workplace and, and look at things a little differently. So I do it on my kind of quote unquote free time, um, you know, and uh, work that around whatever I can. And uh you know, I don't have, you know, huge roster or anything, but, you know, I don't refuse people either. If like um, somebody comes to me and, you know, has heard or wants to like, you know, work with me, I try to accommodate. 
Yeah, I love the, uh, yeah, your mention of transformation. And I remember when I was reading your bio, when you came on to Vision Coaching and around just how much you love transformation and whether it is for yourself, for others, or for a system and how, you know, in, in my thoughts and experience that like, yeah, it has to begin with you in order to then be able to then give that to others. And then those bigger blocks of the entire system. Yeah, it really does open up your world when you start to look Um, because you can get really narrow, right? Like as you go along in your career, you get really narrow and you forget to reflect, you forget to look back, you forget to examine what you're doing and other people like going through it um, really helps you, well, you know, look at yourself a little harder and, you know. Yeah. Well, and so with that and with you know, burnout right now, and we'll focus it on physicians in how, um, you know, a recent conversation that I had with the physician of there's not even the time to self-reflect. Like there is such this pressure to show up and to be there and to give, 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 give that like to create that space to even be able to allow yourself to step back. I would agree that it is difficult. Um, And the closer you are to the front line, the harder it is because your day to day has been, you know, very, very difficult. But the more that individuals or teams get that chance to really talk about it with each other, how they're feeling, um, you know, just getting to, you know, I know with my larger team, like just sitting around a, a table and like taking that extra like 15, 20 minutes to just check in with people and, you know, what's going well, what's not going well. And, you know, and people raising that and then you realize like, you know, collectively, geez, we have a lot going on. Gee, we're doing yeah. good work. You know, like people start to have kind of, a, you know, there's just comfort in knowing there's people around you that are going through the same things. And I, you know, we all we, we we do try to talk to physicians a lot, like as a group, like as a group of leaders about, you know, maintaining your hope and maintaining your gratitude and doing those things that, you know, seem pretty, you know, um, cookie cutter or whatever. But, you know, the impact that they can have on you personally when you like reconnect with yourself is is so important. And, you know. You, you can always say there's not time and that's, you know, and, uh, and that, but sometimes you just have to make the time for your own self and it might give you back time that you don't expect when you start doing it. So um, a lot of physicians that are suffering burnout, I believe like, you know, there's the system issues are the piece that really um it's not like it's not like doing more yoga or doing more things for themselves. That's a piece of it. Like people need that self-care, that piece. But they also need the system to step, like to step up and reflect what they're doing and remove red tape burden and give, opening them up, like letting other practitioners practice to full scope and, you know, and really um, addressing their workplace issues. That's what's really going to make the difference for physicians going forward. That's, uh, yeah, really, I mean, I think it's like very wise and excellent advice. Um, What's interesting is, you know, if you think like you're, you know, being a physician and then becoming a coach, um, uh, for me, sitting on the outside, what I've been really just very happy to see occur is, uh, is the amount of kind of engagement of physicians with coaches and healthcare leaders with coaches. And it's like, it's completely changed. Um, 
we would have like a decade ago, kind of someone knock quietly on the door and say, hey, is there any way I can work with the coach? But this, the, the system, if you will, organization wouldn't necessarily be supporting it. So now where we're at, where we've got, like you've described in your organization and, and Vision Coaching has been doing work with New Brunswick Medical Society and, and had really, with physician coaching and had really good outcomes and really good feedback and really good engagement, a great engagement in fact. I'm I'm kind of curious, like what what shift occurred, like what happened for this to change? Because um, it just it it almost like I felt like I mean it's me, but I felt like I was knocking on the door and no one was answering for a number of years, and uh, and despite our level of getting in front of, of folks that we thought were the right people, and it just didn't seem like there was an appetite, and then all of a sudden one day it just uh, there seems like this real interest um, and uh, and willingness to invest. Yeah, I, I do think there has been a shift, certainly, like in actually even recognizing physicians formally as leaders, like it just like, you know, even when they were just if they were a head of a department or a hospital, they were, they were by their title, but it wasn't necessarily quote unquote physician leadership. And, um, you know, the Canadian uh, Physician Society, um, Leadership Society came up with a credential like for physicians, um, Canadian certified physician executive. And I think some of that like recognition as physician leadership as an actual career path within medicine has opened up the door for many things. And with coaching, I think what happens is in my experience, it's a lot of word of mouth, um, you know, because somebody like, you know, you don't necessarily have people thinking that they need it or they don't understand what it is. And, you know, you'll say you go and try it and see what you think. And then they're like, oh, wow, this is actually very helpful for me. And then they, you know, say to their friends do that. And I can tell you during the pandemic, like Lori, our coach, she just kind of blew up. Like she was offering like 15 minute quick sessions for people like, you know, sort of around the clock to try to help people like support them through the changes they were going through and things like that. And, you yeah. know, people found it really, really valuable to have like someone that they could just kind of, you know, look at it objectively with and talk it through with. And uh, I, I, I think that, I think it's the value of coaching itself that has made the door open is that people realize the value of it. And a lot of the leadership development programs at the different medical societies and that are building it into their programs as a, like a component. And uh, I think it's a money, you know, an investment well spent um, on these individuals to help them, you know, through their leadership journey. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, hundred percent. Well, and, and and I think a lot of professional groups. I just found it interesting because if we think, you know, the value of coaching started to present itself, but I think the same value was there a while ago. It just wasn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That was yeah. for me. That was. I was like, my goodness, these people are are referring us in and saying, hey, you should really consider this. I think it's a problem with the in coaching industry. Is that like your your point is um, uh, like I find I don't know Emily may have found the same thing, but. You know, like we do surveys after at the end of an engagement and people talk about their understanding of coaching kind of, um, you know, rating it before the experience and they're open to it. And then after it's just so much higher, right? Because it's almost something you have to experience. And until you experience it, it's really hard to put your finger on what it is, if that makes sense. Have you guys, do you guys agree with that? Have you experienced that same thing? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. It's like, yeah, that actually reminds me of like another story from another client of like she, it was a, I coached the husband and then the wife was like, well, I want whatever, whatever he has had, whatever has happened over the last six months, like I want that. <laughs> and, but it's like, yeah, how do you explain what that is until you experience it? And it's even for me as a coach of, I will forever still have a coach like I I could not imagine now going through life without a coach and like trying to sort everything out and like like you said Nicole having that objective view and being able to like be challenged on things or see things in a different lens or a different perspective um but it is it's so hard to get the message across I think in the power of it in the benefit of it until you do just fully experience it and are open to being coached yes that's a key thing yeah <laughs> openness is huge, openness is huge. yeah well, so what so in that in that vein um when you you know if you think about your you were had an interest in coaching and then you go off to railroads and with all all you know, all your other accomplishments, you decide, and this is a pretty big investment of time, given everything you have going on. Incredible <laughs> investment of time. You you go through this the the certificate, graduate certificate, and executive coaching. And for you, you know, we, we're talking about what's different sometimes when clients engage a coach, you know, and they they start to really experience and understand it in a different way. What was it like for you as that physician leader going in saying, "Yeah, I want to learn more about coaching." And, you know, kind of maybe where you started that program and, and, you know, was there for you, was there a big change coming out of it in terms of your, your understanding or was there some new awareness or like what, what happened for you, Nicole? So I think I got really lucky and stumbled in, in some ways about what I kind of thought ahead of time. Um, like that same uh, society I was talking about has a conference every year and I went and they had a couple of coaching, like just mini sessions to tell people what it was about. And a few people that were coaching were doing that. And I happened to sit at breakfast with that at the time, um, the president of uh, this, uh, <clears throat> this society and uh he is a physician leader in Calgary and he had done coaching kind of about 10 years ago, like way like 10 years before me. And he was kind of, we were having a discussion about coaching and he said he went to Royal roads and we were talking and I thought, Oh, well, gee, maybe I like, that sounds really interesting. And, you know, I was kind of at the point where I was like, okay, what's next for me in my kind of development and what, where, where do I want to go? And a lot of what he was saying was making sense to me, <clears throat> but I have to say, 
regardless of that, even though I applied and got there, when I got there, it was totally different than what I was expecting. You know, I, you know, I had, I, I just escaped the kind of problem-based learning curriculum for medicine. Like I was last of the diehard um, didactic type, you know, training. Like I graduated in 95 and we were still doing didactic. The class after me, they, they got the full blown, you know, but I was really didactic. So I was expecting it, you know, to be very, um, you know, kind of the way I've always learned, right? And it was so different and it was so engaging and it was so, you know, I I, I remember the first day thinking, oh, am I going to get through this? Like, is this going to be like, okay, like, you know, I don't know, um, you know, because all your defensive start to go up because you're feeling wow. kind of vulnerable and, you know, and how are you going to get through this? But, you know, it was, it was just like a fantastic experience. Thank goodness I had it in person um, before COVID and and everything like that. And it was, um, you know, it just started opening my eyes. And like, I, you know, it, it did cause me to have a look at all the things I had done and give myself credit for things. And also like, like look at things that I was like, hmm, that was really hard and I really needed to get by this. And I might not have gotten by that without, you know, kind of having a new perspective. So I felt like it really like took me like giving me myself a wider vision of myself and re-engaging myself in my own, um, you know, kind of just not so much my work purpose, but just my own purpose in life and, and, you know, and everything about it. And it, it kind of, I felt like it was for me and it was for my, my leadership and, and all that, but it, I got way more out of it than just, you know, a new leadership course. Like it actually, it actually was a journey that was, you know, it couldn't be measured by getting a certificate at the end of it. That's a, that's a really good way to, and I know Emily had, has had gone through it very close to the time you did, maybe just after. Um, and my experience was 16 or 17 years ago, but it's, when I hear people describe it, it's so similar, you know, in, in that you kind of, I, 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 I went in thinking I had a sense of you know what I get out of it, and it was like it was completely different. Like, it couldn't have been more different. You know, um, yeah. it's been very helpful. And what is it's kind of nice to hear the different experiences. You know, all types of learners have, but they're, they're kind of similar experiences, but they come from you know, very different perspectives, right? Very different disciplines and that sort of thing. Um, does that resonate with you, Emily? Yeah, absolutely. And even you, you speaking about the uh, the vulnerability, Nicole, and I think of how many people who. Uh, coaches and colleagues who they went into the program or went into coaching and then it was like this wake-up call in residency of like oh whoa wait a minute we gotta talk about me like <laughs> my problem <laughs> because you are being coached the entire time and like for me I'm an open book it is like <laughs> no problem with that how for a lot of people it it like yeah was kind of shocking and uh uncomfortable and, mm -hmm. and again it's that the openness the openness to be willing to be coached uh in that process for sure but, but yeah. I think I think so valuable in that um you know who you're being is so critical to the experience you're you're delivering as a coach right um and and uh and there was, yeah, so so Emily probably is, you know, very willing to be vulnerable and go there. I, I thought I was. And there was a couple of exercises where I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, and, and I, I, I think I've said before in this podcast, or I, I know I said privately to some folks that 
then I can tell when I'm uncomfortable because I start sweating. And there was a few, <laughs> there was a few sweaty, sweaty days <laughs> where it was just like, oh my goodness. Like, uh, so, but that's interesting to hear your experience, Nicole. And so then when you get out and you start delivering coaching, like what, what do you feel like, what, what was different for you in terms of your approach? Did you find anything in particular that, uh, you know, maybe how you showed up as a leader, maybe, but even, you know, kind of when you put your coaching hat on. Yeah, definitely um, trying to ask questions and be curious and hold people capable. Like I could really take those things like very tangibly into everyday conversations, like whether even at home, like the kids will actually call me out on it. Oh, she's coaching us now. She's not, you know, like they'll say, they'll know when I switch modes because I'm not getting anywhere with the, you know, you must do things. So, um, you know, and so I think it's changed like perspective um, on that and just, just really like, you know, having those, um, those, uh, the ability to have the hard conversations, right? Like to really like, you know, not be scared, like not to, to go away. Like, and I'll do a Bruce McLeodism here because it was like, for gosh sake, woman, just say it. You knew about it 20 minutes ago. You knew what you were going to go. Don't ask 15 questions to get there. Just say it. Like, if you're thinking it, say it. So, you know, like, and just like, kind of, you know, and really like stuff that I would be like, oh, kind of, you know, wishy-washy about maybe, and just maybe have to speak it out loud. And, you know, and that really helped me in a lot of ways, um, you know, um, to just, you know, just to allow yourself to be that way in a conversation to, you know, to take those risks and you might be wrong or you might be right, but it doesn't matter and not get attached to that. And so like that really, you know, from someone who came from a, I don't want to say perfectionist background because I was far from perfect in my behavior or otherwise, but it was just that always that striving, like that striving, you know, and to just kind of get away from the striving and just to get away to get to solutions in a different way. Yeah, which is interesting you speak about the striving because I'm sure in uh, in many ways the striving may have helped you to get to where you are. But then it's like, yeah, when to kind of step back from or like how to how to then recognize of when is it striving and when is it not striving? Yeah, I think that's a that's a tough one. And because I am um, <clears throat> obviously like people like my I have one of my children is very driven and competitively and otherwise. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're just like your mother. And I'm just like, no, she's not like, you know, that's not you know, we have a very different approach to things. And but just and and just I think that just opened it up for me that, you know, that my my striving looks different than somebody else's striving, that looks so different than somebody else's striving. And I need to know myself when that's coming first over what <clears throat> I'm trying to accomplish. And again, like what we talked about earlier, getting back to your why instead of the what that you're doing. And I think that's what about coaching, like it really gets you right back to your purpose and who you are being and mm-hmm. takes away the what. Yeah. You said about how uh, it's like the, like, just say it, but then, and, and encouraging others to just say it. But then I think also the um, being able to, to receive it. I think one of the things that I try to do is, 
in leadership in general, not just in coaching, is that it's kind of kind of calmness about your assertions that you're making and, you know, and, and trying to take your insights and speaking about your insights. And I, I, you know, I might not have described that well enough there, but, you know, I'm, I'm talking about things that you're thinking and observing and, you know, you, you feel like you might have a little bit of an insight and you're scared to say it because, you'd rather the person just come up with it themselves or, you know, instead of pursuing in that dogged way that like, you know, just keep asking the question to get, get to it and um, not avoiding those things when you're coaching, like when you're seeing them pop up, like start Um, digging, like forget about your process. Your process is there behind you. Just mm -hmm. dig and get them to, you know, what you're feeling or seeing and see if you're not so much right, but see if you can give them a new perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's then to me. That's that I find that starts showing up as we become more confident in in coaching, and because um, I I don't know what you guys, but early days, you know, I'd have the model sitting behind the computer, and, you know, there's a question sitting outside, and then and then you then you you know, it's that confidence ladder where you start to become more confident and competent. You you, you don't need that as much, and it's it's such a gift because you can yeah. you know because if we if we've set up the right type of relationship uh, people generally know is coming from a good place and it's just coming from a curiosity versus a, a, a judgment or, or hopefully they do you know that's that's what i think they want to accomplish um wow so 45 uh, this time flies um we're, do we have any final wrap-up questions emily for for nicole hmm I don't know about that. I mean, I will, I would have loved, there's so many things that I, do we have another week to continue this? (laughs) What are you doing for the next 12 hours? (laughs) Yeah, no, it, uh, I mean, I love to see, I mean, obviously like I love coaching. I love leadership. I love like people learning the skill sets, people taking that time for themselves, people seeking it out. And um, I guess for you, it's like, what is your, what is your hope right now in the position that you are in right now? Well, <laughs> there's certainly lots. Um, I, you know, I still have that in my head that I'm there to make a system difference. And that's what I try to do. And what I really know is that you need a whole lot of people pulling in the same direction all at once to get there and on many different levels, like from the front line through the leadership team, through different partners and anything I can do to help people find their way in that and to come to the tables that they have to be at and, um, you know, be open and problem solving and, you know, building their own skill sets at the same time. Like that feels like, you know, that's like, you don't have to do big things for it to be rewarding. And I think that's part of it. You have to take those things along the way. And every once in a while, there's some magic happens and something really clicks and you get something going that's really good. Um, But the day-to-day can be really rewarding too. And I think that's in a lot of hard days, there's a lot of hard days in healthcare and you got to really, you know, um, remember the, the good ones as they come too and make sure you celebrate them. And make sure your team celebrates it because they do a lot of good work that never gets recognized otherwise. Yeah, the the importance of acknowledgement. 
for ourselves, for teams, for others. It's and just how impactful that is. Yes. yes. I was just going to, I was just going to add, I mean, I, like I, I so appreciate hearing your perspective, Nicole. And, you know, we, again, like I'm kind of going back to what we were saying earlier in the conversation is you, you hear a lot about the state of healthcare and what's happening. And it's, I, I really hope anyone listening to this that maybe isn't familiar with people in the system hear, you know, what you're doing and, and, and others, um, and it gives you confidence because sometimes you get really worried about, you know, what the state of healthcare is in Canada and where we're headed at, especially as we age and our parents age. Um, and I just love that, you know, kind of, you know, the perspective you bring and, and particularly with that coaching lens. So um, big kudos to you and, you know, for being probably a, a, a shining light for a lot of people. Well, thanks. I appreciate you saying that for sure. And, uh, you know, it is uh, it is important to give the public a different perception of healthcare because there's a lot to worry about, but there is a lot of people that show up every day just trying to do their best for the people in front of them. So I believe that every healthcare worker has that in their mind. That's how they go to work. Yeah. I think yeah. the more exposure, you know, on a professional level I have to healthcare leaders, the more aware I am of that. Like that's, that's I think the, the part that goes... Um, almost like unnoticed and, and not well recognized. And um, so it's, it's so, you know, so anyone listening to this who doesn't know, uh, you know, people in positions of leadership within healthcare, they should, they should know people like Nicole and, uh, and their, that perspective is out there. And I'm still here, like the hope is still there, which is great. Like, you know, like it's been a, like, it's been incredibly hard few years. Um, but that's, that's awesome to hear because I, um, I, I don't know, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing hold on to given a lot of the complexity and a lot of the challenges I would expect. You're right. And I think it's the one thing that leaders have to continue to have um, <clears throat> because that's get you up and get you going and focused because it's easy to despair. It's harder to hope. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the end of each, uh, each episode, Nicole, Dave and I both do takeaways of what our takeaways were from today's conversation. So Dave, Oh, take, and then, have a takeaway. What's your takeaway? Natalie gives me, she's started to give me the, the first takeaway, Nicole, um, which is nice because uh, I, I used to um, think she was stealing my takeaways. And that, <laughs> that was my way of coming up with not, maybe not as a particular takeaway. For me, the purpose, right? And real just, and that, that comes for, from, from anyone in any sector, or any position, but really recognizing purpose. I just think of how important that must be. And I really appreciate how um, how Nicole articulated that. And then I would say the second piece to that is uh, her ability to accept, um, you know, the, the acknowledgement we're giving her and not deflect it, which tells me a lot about the, 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 the path she's been on. Um, and I, that was a big learning for me through the Royal Roads course that we spoke of. Mm -hmm. And ability to accept acknowledgement and not deflect it, and, and she's just role modeling that beautifully. Yeah, that would have been a that would have been a t-shirt change moment for you, Dave. Of like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, my backup t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, Nicole's not asking to pause the podcast when she comes back with a pink yeah, shirt. Yeah. On. <laughs> <laughs> My takeaway is around 
you know, we speak so much about like taking a step back to see the bigger picture of things. And I, and I think we just speak about that a lot in the coaching world, but, you know, specifically around the acknowledgement of when do we need to actually take a step even closer? And, you know, you spoke about like Nicole and maybe it's a physician or a nurse or an x-ray tech, whoever it is. Well, then any job, it, you could be a stay-at-home father and it's like have this like crazy stressful day and feeling overwhelming. But yeah, to focus in on what good did happen today and um, just I think actually like really just taking the time to do that, especially when things feel heavy and overwhelming. So I think that's what I'm taking away today, along with many, many other things. Thanks so much for your time, Nicole. Um... And uh, I know I know people can find people can probably find information on you in a whole bunch of places. One place is visioncoachinginc.com. Go to coaches and you'll see Nicole's bio. And is there anywhere else that, that you direct people that want to learn more about you? Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. And, uh, you know, through my organization, if they have a desire to check in that way at Nova Scotia Health, um, any of those ways work. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Nicole. This was such a pleasure. Thank you both. Thanks for having me. We'll yeah, see you again soon. Hopefully you're feeling much better. Yes, <laughs> for yeah. sure. John, are you going to do the... Yeah, we got to tell everybody where to find Nicole's uh, podcast episode. Um, so you can head over to our website, boilingpointpodcast.com. Uh, we'll see all the information and links out to where you connect with Nicole. Um, we post the episodes to all the popular podcast channels and we post the video versions to Facebook and YouTube. Bye everybody. Wonderful. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Boiling Point Podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. To find out more, head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about Dave Vale's work, head over to visioncoachinginc.com. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out our next conversation. Looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man Podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com.